0: Live from Joe's Inn, Bonaire, 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center. This is the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Tonight's show is brought to you by People's Golf Carts, Virginia Birth Father Registry, CarMax, Cap Center, Lux Chevrolet, and Joe's Inn, Bonaire. Be a part of the show. Call us at 521-8501. Send your tweet to Voice text us 804-638-9508 or send an email to spidersportsline at richmond.edu five seconds here
1: comes gilliard into the free area takes
0: a three out front he hit it he hit it, 0.2 seconds left. Gilliard
1: drained a three, and the Spiders are up three. 74-71. Two tenths of a second on the clock. Jacob Gilliard said, I don't need help on this one. 74-71 Richmond. Gilliard's career high of the inbound, and why not? Gilliard steals it, and the ball game is over. And the Spiders come out to get on Jacob Gilliard here. As Richmond wins 74-71, Gilliard saw it coming and just took that one away. Well, Robert,
2: Jacob Gilliard made winning play after winning play down the stretch in this game today. He had the interception over there along the sideline. He took coast to coast for the layup. He had the game-winning three. He had a couple of big steals. Jacob Gilliard, the freshman, came out huge for the Spiders today and got them that much-needed victory.
0: Now live, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black, and head coach, Chris Mooney. This is the Spider Sports Line on ESPN 950, 102.7 FM, and the Spider IMG Sports Network.
3: Well, it was the Jacob Gilliard Show yesterday at the Robin Center. Guess what? It's going to be the Jacob Gilliard Show Monday night at chosen Bon Air. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Spider Sports Line. Thanks to all of you who are in the restaurant who have packed all the tables. For us tonight, we greatly appreciate you being here, or if you are tuned in on ESPN 950, 1027 FM, down in the uh, Tri-Cities, ESPNRichmond.com and RichmondSpiders.com. We thank you for joining us for tonight's edition of the Spider Sports Line. And yes, obviously, we will certainly review and recap yesterday's thrilling 74-71 victory over James Madison at the Robbins Center. The game delayed by a day because of the snow and certainly well worth the wait to have such a thrilling game and great outcome for the Spiders yesterday. And yes, to answer all of your questions if you haven't been looking online today, uh, Jacob Gilliard is our obvious guest tonight and he did have time in his schedule. So the Spider freshman who poured in a career-high 23, including the game winner, will be with us tonight and will be our special player guest here at Joe's Inn along with coach chris mooney i'm bob black thank you for joining us tonight we hope you join the program you heard the numbers and the other ways of means of social media to join us tonight we would love to hear from you throughout the course of the program all right chris congratulations on the win yesterday over james madison obviously jacob gilliard won the game for the spiders with the three-pointer and then the steal at the end but you heard matt smith mention the words winning plays that jacob made yesterday those were pretty obvious but in order to get in that position i know he did so much but what else would you point to as winning plays and players during the course of that game that showed some improvement for the spiders yesterday afternoon
2: well yeah bob i I would say a few things i think julius johnson had his best game of the year and and really was aggressive and um you know he had five rebounds three steals and made some shots which were which are always big uh, I thought Quan, you know, um, after uh, Mosley, uh, their guard number three had a, uh, I mean, he had a tremendous second half, <laughs> it almost probably as good as I've ever seen, and um, really made some hard shots, and we switched and played man-to-man and had Quan really try to very make it difficult for him to catch the ball or get any kind of rhythm, and, you know, at times we were sending the guy in a half at him, but I thought Quan did a really, really good job. I felt like when their offense wasn't being run through him uh they were so determined to get on the ball it became a much more easy to guard and uh even though our defense has a long way to go i was happy with that uh that we were able to do do um we were able to make those plays and then um you know all around i, I just think our 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 defense was not good but but in t- in t- at times it was when it really needed to be it was much better and made it difficult for them and then uh you know, we only had four turnovers in the game, so that's that's a ter- terrific number, and um, that's really going to be something that we really need going forward. You know, when we've had stretches when we've played well, our turnover number's been low, and when we've played poorly, it's been really unusually high. So, uh, but I, I thought Jake again had a had a tremendous game. <clears throat> Not just the last shot, but his aggressiveness during the course of the game was was very evident, uh, and that's what we need. We need guys who we need. Um, Jacob, you know, Demonte, Quan, Nick, I mean, we need those guys to be aggressive. And it's hard as everybody's still learning and and growing and and uh, getting chemistry with one another. You know, being aggressive sometimes you don't, you know, that's your second thought and uh we just need to, everybody
3: to play as aggressively as possible and and keep getting better. Why do you think he had the wherewithal to take that last shot at the end of the game and and how much of a green light even as a freshman does the head coach give him in that situation? Whether that shot had gone in or not, and obviously we're all thankful yeah. that it did go in. Well, I think that, um,
2: you know, I think the way we play, especially in the late-game situation, you know, it, it seems easy to say, hey, are you going to go for two or three? Are you going to, you know, you know, those decisions are, are a lot of times dictated by the defense or the flow of the game or what's going on. Uh, so we actually we decided not to call timeout after the free throws. Uh, they were looking at the monitor. Uh, I'm not even sure what they were looking at the monitor for. I guess maybe if DeMonte was in the arc on the three on the on the charge or mm-hmm. uh, block. And um so we had time to call a play and we didn't want to call a timeout because JMU usually goes to a one three one after a timeout. And uh you know, even if it was you know, even if it's uh North Carolina attacking a one three one, it can take a little bit of time and we only had seven and a half seconds, so we called the play. Uh we didn't execute it perfectly. Um and, and we were a little bit late coming up to set up the high ball screen. Uh, but I actually think that confusion, that split second, I think that's when Jacob pulled up as they were turning to look to see where the screen was coming from. Uh, so it worked out. But I think that uh, in terms of, you know, a green light or who's going to take the shot, it, it's more, I think it more has to do with what's going on during the course of the game. And you have to make the basket, even in those situations, you know, you have to make the basketball play if. You're double team to throw it to the guy who's open. If you're open, you take the shot. And, you know, if you make enough
3: basketball plays during the course of the game, usually usually you end up uh, on top. Uh, Jacob Gilliard will be our guest, so we'll be able to ask him why he was able to pull up and take that shot as well. He's just getting here. He'll join us in the middle two segments of the show as well. I want to crunch some of the numbers, and you mentioned one of them that I feel like I normally look for on a day-in, day-out basis with us after all these years the four turnovers kind of shocked me at the end of the game to realize that because it was pretty much an up and down game yeah. for a good portion of the contest, so this was somewhat old fashioned richmond basketball i would I would contend Chris, only four turnovers we got out rebounded that, that's happened before once or twice forty two to twenty eight <laughs> but 11 steals yeah. defensively. Now, I know they shot a high percentage, but if they don't have the ball, they can't shoot, and I thought the 11 steals coupled with the four assists is a pretty good formula. I mean, four turnovers is a pretty good formula. Yeah,
2: exactly. I, I feel like – I agree with you, Bob. I think, you know, on the rebounding numbers, some some of that, they, they had nine offensive rebounds, which isn't a, a terrible number. So a lot of the rebounds came because, you know, their defensive rebounds. So we, we only had six offensive rebounds, but they didn't – uh, you know, they out-rebounded us for sure, but, but I don't mind if they have a higher number of defensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the four turnovers is 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 huge, and, um, you know, that's uh, close to as low as we've had. I mean, we've had some really yeah. low turnover games over the years, and, you know, usually we're averaging much lower than we're averaging right now, but that's really, really important because, um, you know, our off, our, the way we play is just so much about guys playing together, being willing to share the ball, making good decisions, uh, and that develops into a certain rhythm or flow, and when we when we have that um, when we have a good rhythm and flow, that makes the shots easier for the guys to to convert because they're used to shooting those shots. That's the shots we practice. That's the way we practice. And so our, when our turnovers are low, I feel it has a direct uh, link to our shooting percentage. And so um, and then the steals it's critical. Uh, you know we've had we've had years where we've led the Atlantic Ten in steals and. Uh, I, I think well, um, I remember Qualic used to keep a stat where we would we would have more steals than turnovers like we did yesterday. And uh, th- those are really good numbers because, like you said, that means not only is the team not getting a, a good shot or in the paint or an offensive rebound, but, you know, we have the ball. And um, I felt like when we turned Old Dominion over, we were really poor at converting those turnovers into points. Right. I thought against JMU we were better. Uh, and I think we can get much we've had really good uh, we've had really good segments of turning those into points and that's what we really need to do is capitalize on those steals because as our as our base of our defense works hard to catch up uh, I think the stealing is something that we can be good at and exploit because we have guys Jacob Quan DeMonte Mm -hmm. uh, Grant uh, for, for a guy his size who have a knack to steal the ball.
3: All right, one more thought, and then we'll go to the phones. Ivan has called in. He's on hold, and we'll take some other calls. And I've got a couple tweets and texts with questions and emails, and we'll get to those later in the show, in addition to Jacob Gilliard, who will join us here in the middle two segments, uh, coming up in just a moment. What did the extra day of preparation do for you? I mean, the snow hits. You're able to postpone the game, move it one more day. Both teams obviously get an extra day to prep, but it probably couldn't have come at a better time for either one of you because neither team plays for at least a week. They don't yeah. play either. We don't play until the following Tuesday, and now you got one more day coming off of the Old Dominion game yeah. to get ready. How how helpful was that?
2: It was very helpful. Uh, I think that you know the, the the biggest part of it was as as we were talking about the decision with David Walsh and uh, was. Um, nobody played the the following week, yeah. you know. So it wasn't like well we play Tuesday or Wednesday, and nor nor did JMU. So that that was really big. And then, the the forecast correctly kept kind of going up with uh, with what the um, the expectation was for the amount of snow. And so that was really good because we had a great practice on Saturday. And um, you know I would say our practice on Friday was decent, but we had a great practice on Saturday. I felt like that you know carried us into the game in terms of our energy and our concentration and all those important things so that that turned out to be mm-hmm. something beneficial i'm uh, you know i'm sure it benefited jmu as well but i think it did turn out to be something beneficial for us
3: all right let's uh go to the phones ivan's on hold 521-8501 if you'd like to join the conversation hello ivan thanks for waiting
1: hey bob hey coach how are you both doing today
3: doing well ivan thanks how are you
1: great thank you first coach i want to apologize for being too hard on your team last week i huh? Um, maybe I just let the losing get to me, but I'm just—I want to apologize to you for being too hard last week on, when I called.
3: Very good questions last week, so don't apologize, and it obviously spurred the guys to victory. So That's right.
2: Don't apologize. That's right. And I think uh, 12 and a half years every week of, of great questions, Ivan. I think you can—I think I don't think you have to worry about anything.
1: Oh, but well, thank you so much, Coach. Thanks, Bob. Well, first, congratulations on a fantastic team victory yesterday. Thanks, I think, you know, when you, you know, as the season goes on and, and uh, as it goes on, I think you'll be able to look back on this, you know, 24-hour delay when you, couldn't, when you had a delay against Madison as a turning point for your season because I really think this puts a good taste in your uh, team's mouth because, you had a, because your freshman came through, the whole team came through in yesterday's game. So I think that's going to really put a good t- uh, taste of victory and going to spur you on to more victories during the season.
2: Well, no, I, I appreciate that, Ivan, and I, and I hope so. I, I think that um, you know, as much as we feel like, as coaches, we're getting better and improving. You know, you, you have to have those results, and and uh, to really feel good about it, and and to win a game like that in that fashion at, at the buzzer, or close to at the buzzer, you know, that really, uh, you know, it, it just gives you a really good feeling and help. Hopefully, helps you attack this finals week as as um, as much as possible, and. Uh, we we do hope that there can be somewhat of a you know, a, something that stands out for us in terms of how we can how we can uh produce going forward.
1: Yeah, because I was really impressed. The the whole team just seemed to be on its game. It came back from the ODU game great and now uh you don't have to play until next week when you have to play Bucknell.
2: Right, exactly. And and you know this is really an important uh week for us here. Our guys are in finals and so uh they have some they have a pretty a pretty busy schedule we, we were going over the schedule and uh they, you know there's a lot a lot for them to do and um i hope that you know we, we feel like they prepared themselves t- for the semester for the most part uh but this is always very important and and uh, a little bit of a stressful time for them so hopefully they they come out of this feeling pretty good about it well
1: i know the players are going to be uh, doing their exams but what did the coaches do during this time off do you uh, i know coaches don't take time off but do, do you go around and <laughs> go over plays or do you go over uh recruits you want to bring in for the future seasons down the road or what does a coach do during this time
2: yeah we'll be we'll be mostly uh we'll have some time to do some recruiting uh i think all all three assistants will be on the road and and uh, i'll be on the road not quite as much recruiting and then uh, we'll get a chance to to uh sprinkle in some time where we can get a shooting group with our guys when they have a time a little bit of a study break and uh, get them to come down take their mind off things for a, for a, uh for 30 minutes and get a good sweat and go back to back to uh the library or wherever they want to study so um you know we'll we'll be busy it'll it'll be a lot of recruiting and then it'll be a lot of cutting up tape and looking at the last few games and you know each coach will watch tape individually with with his guys and then as a group we'll probably watch some things on a, on a particular theme like turnovers bob and uh, a lot of defensive things that we, that we want to try to get better at. Um, so we'll, 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 we'll be busy and um, just trying to make sure that, that we're, we're helping our guys through this time but also looking toward the future and, and guys out there that, that would like to be Spiders.
3: Ivan, good question. I'm going to move on so we can get to the break because Jacob is here and we do want to get him up for the middle two segments. So, Ivan, good question. Thanks for the call. I'm sure we'll talk to you next Monday night uh, with more good questions from you. And we will take a break, come back in just a moment. Jacob Gilliard joins us at the head table. We will talk about his game yesterday and the Spider victory over JMU and the start of his freshman campaign at Richmond. Coming up next as the Spider Sports Line continues, ESPN 950, 1027 FM. This is the Spider IMG
4: Sports Network, powered by Ace Electric. Peebles Golf Cars is proud to supply club golf cars to Richmond Spiders Athletics. For over 25 years, Peebles has had the largest selection of gas and electric golf cars and utility vehicles in the Mid-Atlantic. Whether your needs are on campus or across the state, we offer leasing, sales, rentals, and service. Our club car factory trained technicians can service any brand at your location or ours. Visit us in Richmond, Chesapeake, or the Outer Banks or online at PeeblesGolfCars.com. Like us on Facebook for $100 off your next golf car purchase. People's Golf Cars, 262. 262- 0778 Go Spiders. You've heard that Luck Chevrolet is more than 100 years old. Now help Luck celebrate
3: 100 years of Chevy trucks. From the midsize Colorado with a new diesel engine to the Silverado HD, Luck has a truck for your lifestyle. Luck also has an experienced sales staff to help your company with commercial truck needs, including service bodies, KUV vans, and other body applications. Call 804-798-9261 or online at Luxchevrolet.com And buy your next truck from Luck, Luck Chevrolet in
4: Ashland. Winter weather is on its way and your vehicle needs to be prepared for unpredictable road conditions. Dyke Tire Tire Pros can get you winter weather prepped with great tire brands like Michelin and BF Goodrich. Michelin offers safe, fuel-efficient, long-lasting tires that'll keep you going for miles to come. For friendly customer service and high quality work backed by the industry's strongest warranty package, visit Dyke Tire Tire Pros in Richmond today. Online at DykeTire.com. Proud supporter of the Richmond Spider Broadcast on ESPN 950. For the first time anywhere Virginia,
0: Buzz and Ed's Real Barbecue invites you to go hog wild with a traditional down-home, all-you-can-eat country pig-picking feast. The last Monday of each month from 6 to 8 p.m., Buzz will be slow cooking up a whole pig, seasoning only fresh hickory cut logs. Served with plenty of side dishes and fresh brewed iced tea for just $16.95. It's a pork lover's paradise. First come, first served while it lasts. So make sure to arrive early. Details available at buzzandeds.com.
3: Wing Zone presents Border to border
0: with Matt Josephs every Saturday morning starting at 11 on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Welcome back to the Spider Sports Line with Richmond basketball coach Chris Mooney. We're live at Joe's in Air. 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center and broadcasting live on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
3: Gilliard straight up the middle of the floor to Golden in the high post. Picks up his dribble, hands it off to Gilliard to the baseline. Fakes coming out, goes underneath to Stansbury for a layup from Gilliard. That's a nice hesitation
4: play by Gilliard. A little, nice little hesitation on the baseline and nice cut by Sally. Welcome back to
3: the Spider Sports Line live from Joe's in Bonaire, where we are basically each and every Monday night. I had somebody ask me before the show if we're on each and every Monday night. The answer to that is basically yes. We will be here next Monday, uh, the 18th. We'll preview the Bucknell game and find out what the Spiders did all week long while they didn't have a game, and then we'll take a couple of weeks off for the holidays for Christmas and New Year's, and then we'll be back on Monday, January the 8th uh, after next week. So we're here next Monday couple of weeks off, and then back on Monday, January the 8th, to resume the Spider Sports Line. All right, let's bring Jacob Gilliard into our conversation, the Spider freshman, uh, the hero of yesterday's victory over James Madison, 23 points, five three-pointers, three steals, the game-winning shot at the end of the game. So welcome, Jake. First of all, your first visit to Joe's Inn. Yeah. I asked Coach Mooney about this before you got here, but take us through your progression of the final play, and what led you to take that shot as opposed to running any kind of play with, I guess, seven and a half seconds to go in the game?
5: Um, I think I kind of had the hot hand in the second half, so I think um, coach told me to go ahead and get the ball and call for a high ball screen from Grant, and I think um, he, he, along with the rest of the team, kind of wanted me to get to the cup um, and try to go ahead and make a play there, but um, as time winding down, I kind of felt like I didn't have enough time to get all the way there, so I had to stop and shoot.
3: How many times have you been in a similar situation to that in high school? How how much did it happen, if at all, for you?
5: Um, I don't think it happened too
3: much. Really? No game so. winners. No. Wow, I think that makes Chris. I think that makes yesterday even more impressive. Yeah, that's surprising. You would that's have thought somewhere yeah. in a high school career, you would have you would have yeah. made one of those or yeah. or had a couple of those opportunities. It was not the only winning play you made yeah. yesterday. It's the one that's grabbing the most attention. But let's talk about some of the others because you mentioned it uh, on our telecast yesterday with Greg at the end on the post game. The inbounds pass that you stole and laid in was a critical basket with about two minutes to go in the game. What were you seeing there? Because I know you told Greg there was something that you saw in that play.
5: Um, usually on that play, they uh, run the guard through from a big ball screen, and the man taking it out usually kind of just blindly throws it. So I had a feeling he would do it again, and so I just took the gamble.
3: This is pretty heady stuff for a freshman, isn't it, Chris?
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, Jacob's ability to steal the ball is, yeah. you know, I've not, never really seen anything like it. So, um, you know, he I think he has probably, as he's figuring out when to, when he can take those chances, you know, and uh that was a great time because you know the guy's going backwards and whatnot and um but yeah he's got an, an incredible knack to to steal the ball and um and you know, I'm sure Greg is a little bit worried about his record there. Because, he is. Because I think Jake's probably on pretty good pace. He's rooting for him. Yeah. <laughs> he's
3: Just like he rooted for Kendall. Yeah. He's rooted for everybody else that didn't get there. Right, right. You know, exactly. wink, wink. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. yeah I, I think, I, I do think he is. Do you know that? Greg Beckworth is our all time steal and assist leader. Yes, yeah, sir. We talked about it one time. <laughs> we would love for you to break both of his records. I so. speak for Yeah, I hope so too, Jake. <laughs> I really do. Um,. What was it like? I mean, what was it like to hit that shot, to have the crowd going crazy, to have Grant Golden almost pancake you out there on the <laughs> court after you made that shot?
5: Um, that part wasn't my favorite. <laughs> um, but the shot itself was it was pretty cool. It was a pretty special moment.
3: Chris, uh, somebody asked me today, and you have a better memory for these things than, than I do, the last game winner in the Robbins Center that we've had. Any idea? I'm trying to think – I know we've had a couple big shots that have tied games and sent yeah. them to overtime, like Darian's shot and TJ off of the inbounds play that yeah. tied games. I'm trying to remember if wow. we had a game winner in the Robinson. Boy, Center. that's a good I question. I know. I don't know if Kendall might have done it against somebody. But. Kendall had
2: a game winner but against Bonaventure, but there were still like five seconds okay. or four seconds yeah. left in the game. Um, boy, that's a good question. Yep. I mean, I can't yeah, remember. I can't It'll remember one that came down here yeah, yep. exactly. There
3: was like that one or one that maybe tied it and sent it to overtime. But I don't know if there's been one that, that actually basically won it um, at the buzzer. All right. So what's the start of your collegiate career been like? Let's talk individually first. We'll talk about the team because we, we know, you know, what's been happening and how tough that's been on you guys. But, but how about what your expectations have been coming in and where you are 10 games in?
5: Um. Like, as me, as a player, um, I think personally I've been playing okay. Uh, I think inconsistent would be a word I could use for sure. Um, I've had games like yesterday, but then I've also had games against Georgetown and Wake Forest where I'm kind of just out there. But um, being a point guard and kind of a leader on the team, I could say, um, I don't think I've been doing too well just because of how our record has been in the games that we haven't won. What
3: was the start of the season like? Because I'm not sure you were actually ticketed. To be in the starting lineup necessarily until the Quan four injury hit, maybe maybe you were, but even if you weren't, when that happened, you were definitely going to be in that starting lineup. What was that like?
5: Um, I don't really know how to describe it. Like one minute you go from coming off the bench, kind of being a role player, and then kind of just thrown out there to. Go ahead and lead the charge. It's kind of different.
3: <laughs> what was the coaching trepidation to that happening at the start of the season there, Chris? And your hand obviously it was forced by Kwan's yeah. injury.
5: No, I, I don't.
2: I mean, it would, as far as Jake goes, I mean, he was he was probably pretty close to starting um, anyway. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't so much about Jake. It was just that that'd be the third guy now that was starting who hadn't played a college game yeah. yet. And uh, so that was that was really, you know, difficult. But I, I think that you know. Um, as far as Jacob goes, you know, it's probably it's easier to make the transition as well as he's done it playing point guard because you play a similar game your whole life. It's harder to, you know, go from being a like a six-six guy who now is playing more in the perimeter than on in the interior and those kinds of things and who has so much more responsibilities than they had. A point guard is probably easier, uh, but it's still really challenging and difficult, and we're asking him to, uh, you know, we have a – kind of a sophisticated defense and we have a a particular play that a way that we play that it takes a good understanding of the game which which jacob has a great understanding of the game so i wasn't too much worried about him it was just more that i wish it was just him joining a a group that was had a a bunch of veteran guys and that's not the way it is and that's the situation we're in I i
3: think he's done great well let's take the opposite approach now jake instead of playing in place of quan four now you're playing with quan four and it gives us a backcourt of great speed and great athleticism what has that been like the the duo back there with you and Kwan.
5: um I love playing with Kwan. it's a uh, it's really fun I think now we get a chance to get the rebound and go I think we've seen a lot more transition points since he's been back rather than where he wasn't there we kind of struggled getting points in transition and kind of like easy layups and um I think he makes the game easier on me, and I hope I'll make the game easier for him.
3: Yeah, how about from a defensive standpoint that you can pick up a little bit more full court and the two of you can kind of, you know, create some chaos back there?
5: Um, that's good, too. We kind of read and react on defense. Um, maybe I'll jump for something and gamble, and I know he has my back, and I mm-hmm. think he, he feels the same.
3: Hey, you mentioned that it's been a little bit inconsistent at the outset when you've had games that haven't been, you know, up to your standards or what Coach Mooney wants. You referenced Georgetown or Cincinnati. How have you handled that because I'm guessing in high school you probably didn't have very many if any of those inconsistent games
5: um it's different it's definitely different they try to keep my head um, mellow they kind of kind of tell me to stay aggressive um, after games if I struggle a little bit everybody's telling me to keep my head up it's just it's positive
3: who's they who's in your ear the most or who are you who are you kind of looking towards because obviously we have a very young team but there are some guys that I think have a little bit more experience than others
5: um I think Mainly I hear from DeMonte and Grant. I think they definitely push me to be a better player. And then definitely from Coach Mooney and Coach Jenkins a lot.
3: Does that surprise you, Chris, uh, that you hear from those guys? I mean, he mentions DeMonte. He's a sophomore. He yeah. mentions Grant. He's a redshirt freshman who, you know, is still also getting his feet work wet. And those are the guys giving guidance to your true freshman right. point guard.
2: I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, I don't uh, No, that, I, that doesn't surprise me. I, I think that, uh, you know, those guys have a – Uh, their personalities lend themselves to to take on responsibility and uh, I think it's a it's a close knit team and I I feel like uh, DeMonte is is uh, you know he's so he's very experienced for a guy who is just a sophomore and he has similar I mean he has tremendous instincts for basketball I think he can see he can relate to a guy you know what would what would make a guy play well and what would might make a guy struggle and then Grant also I think Grant you know, is an incredibly driven kid and um, sees uh, you know how how important Jacob is and and uh, you know he's going through the sa- similar things. I mean, we could go you know one four minute to the next four minute and somebody might have to be helping yeah. helping the other guy out a little bit. So uh, I think that's
3: that's the way it is. But it doesn't surprise me that it's Demonte and 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 uh, Grant. Mm-hmm. Now at the point guard position, almost by definition, uh, Jacob, you've got to be a little bit of a leader at least on the court. Now how. And obviously the point guards that have preceded you have done that, whether it was Kendall Anthony or Kevin Anderson or Cedric Lindsay, or you go all the way back in the time machine to Greg Beckwith. How comfortable are you really, even at this stage of the collegiate game with having to be that leader, at least on the court from the point guard position?
5: Um, I think with games and experience, it's made it a lot easier. Um,
3: yeah, you think <laughs> Chris, you can't teach experience. I know that's a little bit frustrating, but this is just a process where it's going to go game by game, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, no, no doubt. And, you know, uh, you know, one thing we struggle with, Bob, is um, when we when we come out of a timeout and have a play called, you know, a play called and reiterated, we're about 50 50 on, on running that on running that play. That, that He is, just put his head to that. Really, it's really, you know, it, it would it would really it would really uh, you know, and I don't, I don't like to admit that, but and I'd say Jacob probably has the, the best feel on, on the team for what, what exactly we wanted to do, what was drawn on the board, and, and reiterated. So we're getting better at that, and so uh, I think a step for him is to you know just grab the ball and tell everybody again, this is exactly what we're doing. But experience is everything, you know. For uh, as, as much as um, as much as you might say, you know, well, hey, just make that guy shoot a uh, make that guy go to his left rather than his right. You know, one that's physically a lot harder. But uh, when you're out in the game, and then all of a sudden you're guarding somebody new, it's hard to necessarily right away know what the scouting report is, who that guy is, how much time's left, and all these things are really challenging. And they're
3: they're much, much, much more challenging when you're young. So, what's been the most challenging part of the start of your college basketball career and your college life, even if it takes us off the court a little bit too?
5: Um, school's been a little difficult, um, not too difficult, but definitely a change. The classwork is it's demanding, especially with our schedule, Mm -hmm. but it's good. Um, Basketball-wise, I think kind of just getting comfortable. Um, I think the first couple games I might have looked comfortable, but I was a little uncomfortable (laughs) out there running our offense. um, Just because you have to understand when to take chances and when not to. Um, Simple like backdoor passes that you can't throw, or like you might think somebody's open, you just gotta get comfortable.
3: So right now, what's the best part of your game, and what's the part of your game you're probably working on the hardest to improve this early in your career?
5: Um, I think defense is something I like to work on. Um, even though it may seem like I get a lot of steals, um, I think trying to keep my man in front of me and not allowing any edges is definitely something hmm. I'm working on.
3: Defense is something I like to work on, Coach, yeah. he just said. You yeah. don't hear that uttered. By right, too many freshman college yeah, basketball I haven't noticed, players. I haven't noticed
2: that as quite as much. I know. You know what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? No, any he, college basketball player. He does.
3: Actually, I wanted to tell a,
1: a
2: quick story. So, Jacob's uh, from Kansas City, and his mom was in town yesterday uh, to watch the game because she had business, correct? Mm-hmm. So, she had business in D.C.? Yeah. Okay. So, she had business in D.C., but she had a flight last night at 8 p.m. out of BWI. So, she was at the game and saw most of the game, and with five minutes to go in the game, she left to make sure that she made her flight. Oh, no. So she wasn't able to see the shot. So hopefully we'll have another one when she's in attendance somewhere (laughs) down
3: the road. Several of them. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm sure getting up I-95 was no picnic for her (laughs) yesterday. I'm sure she's seen the highlights by now.
5: Uh, Yeah, she texted me after the game. She was a little frustrated. (laughs) Uh, 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 But I'm sure
3: she's seen it by now. What kind of support and what kind of critic – is your is your mom when she comes to a game? I'm always interested. You know, you talk about dads, dads, <laughs> blah, 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 but the moms, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in what's the support you get, what's the criticism you get.
5: Um, it's a lot of support after every game. It's oh, my baby, good game. <laughs> um, she doesn't. Um, she doesn't know too much about basketball, so any <laughs> criticism she has. Um, doesn't really help me, I guess. She just like shoot the ball more, or make a shot. So um, it's there, but it's all out of support.
3: It was either Kendall's mom or Kevin's, who always got on him, particularly about free throw shooting.
2: Kevin's mom was I really was tough Kevin's, on him. Yeah. she was very it? tough. She was on really him.
3: tough. Yep. Uh, I remember that. That's kind of what was in the back of my mind there. When I, mm-hmm. but but you listen to whatever mom says. <laughs> That's right. Whether she knows basketball <laughs> or not, Jacob, you know, mom always knows best. For all sure. right. Uh, Coach mentioned. Jacob from Kansas City. We're going to find out how he wound up in Richmond, Virginia, with the Richmond Spiders. We'll take a break and come back and talk a little bit behind the scenes with Spider freshman Jacob Gilliard, twenty-three points, including the game winner yesterday against JMU. More with our Spider freshman point guard when we come back to Joe's in Bon Air, ESPN nine fifty, the Spider IMG Sports Network, powered by Ace Electric. Do you suspect that a woman could be pregnant with your child right now? If you aren't married to the child's mother, your rights as a father could be at risk. By registering with the Virginia
4: Birth Father Registry before or within 10 days of your child's birth, you can help prevent your future child from being adopted without your knowledge. Or you can explore
3: options to co-parent or assume sole custody. For more information, visit
4: VABirthFatherRegistry.com. That's VABirthFatherRegistry.com.
0: Fourteen teams come to compete, but only one will win the crown. The heart of the nation will host the Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Championship at Capital One Arena in March of 2018. Five days of nonstop basketball action. There can only be one champion. Don't miss this major college championship at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. March 7th through
4: 11th, 2018. Buy your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Serving Richmonders and beyond for over 20 years, Air Shell features a full line of automotive services. Check out BonAirShell.com to see all they can do for your car and your peace of mind. And now, with their Fuel Rewards program, you can save at least 5 cents per gallon on every fill-up. Learn more at FuelRewards.com. So go see Scott or Keith at Bon Air Shell, 8762 West Huguenot Road. Go to bonairshell.com or call them at 272 3232. That's 272
0: 3232. It's so good. Not even Josh Norman can contain us. More information is coming soon to ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. It's Spider Basketball and dinner at Joe's in Bon Air, 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center. You're listening to the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
1: Now Gilliard will steal the inbound, the catch, the drive, the layup, good, and the
2: spiders back up by one on Gilliard's 20th point of the game. Winning plays, Robert. Winning plays right there, Gilliard. Saw the pass coming like a defensive back. Got in there, took it away, and went in for the score.
3: A little bit more than halfway through our Spider Sports line tonight. We're with you till 6.30. Appreciate the great crowd in the house of Spider supporters with us and those of you listening on the radio and online as well. Jacob Gilliard is our special player guest, along with Coach Mooney. Welcome back. Uh, We got some emails and some uh, tweets that we'll get to with coach here in the final segment. We want to spend a few more minutes uh, with Jacob and then we'll let him get something to eat. And then I guess you're getting back to studying. Is that, is that right? Yeah. The answer there, (laughs) you know what the answer there, whether you're really going back to study or not, you do know what the answer is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're going back to study. (laughs) Um, Hey, in that last play by play clip, again, we keep using the phrase winning plays. How much are you guys kind of aware of the next step in this process uh, obviously, you haven't won quite as much as you'd like, for sure, but that you could make winning plays at any time during the course of the game. How much are you guys kind of focused in on, on something like that?
5: Um, I think we're definitely locked in on that. I think every play is a, a chance to be a winning play, um, whether it's seven seconds left in the game or 19 minutes left in the first half.
3: You guys have been remarkable, I think, in watching through the tough times. How have you guys – take the coaches out of the equation because I think you, you hear from them all the time. But just as players, you know, how have you kind of – I almost want to use the phrase banded. Not even bonded together, just banded together through the tough times.
5: Um, it's hard to take the coaches out when, when that, when that question is asked because they're on us so much about that to, to keep our heads up and to keep us together. And just kind of move on to the next play when something bad happens and even when something good happens kind of just move on to the next play
3: how hard is that for you to embrace to make sure that is not only what you're hearing but what you're believing
5: um it's definitely difficult when things aren't going your way for sure but you kind of have to buy into it in order for us to to win games
3: why did you buy into the university of richmond tell us how you came (laughs) from kansas city to the richmond spiders
5: um during the recruiting process um Coach Jenkins probably called my phone five times a day. Uh, <laughs> him and Coach Mooney definitely made me feel like they wanted me here and that I could definitely be a big part of what we were trying to do.
3: I can remember those days when Marcus would walk up and down the hall and say, <laughs> I called him again. I called him again. And I was on, on pins and needles. How much did you know about Richmond before before all this attention started coming your way?
5: Um, I didn't, didn't know too much about Richmond, actually. Um, I knew they had been to the tournament a few times. And then... I saw the the double overtime game against VCU mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm.
3: Was there a fear at all of going that far away from home?
5: At the time, I was trying to get away from home. <laughs> I, just, I, I was ready to be on my own. But um, being here you, it definitely makes you miss your family.
3: How did mom feel about that, she, about you going
5: so far away? I, um, I don't think – I think she wanted me out of the house too, but <laughs> – um, she was definitely okay with me coming here. She was definitely one of the bigger supporters of Richmond.
3: Pretty long way for a spider recruit. recruit. I mean, we've had others, but not necessarily normally, Chris. What was the process like for you and Marcus on, on Jacob? Yeah, so
2: we had uh, seen Marcus had seen Jacob a few times and then uh, was was really, really high on him. And um, I got to see him in, in July in a tournament, I believe, right outside of Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I just... After the first quarter, I texted to say, "You know definitely, and you know this is a top priority and whatnot and um so I think that you know we always feel we feel pretty comfortable with uh smaller guards because we have we you know we can show that not only have been have they been successful but I mean they've been among the top players in the history of the school, so uh we felt like we could you know i think sometimes if if you have um uh, if if you know Jacob's a smaller guard, he might be a little bit concerned well. You know, do they play smaller guards? Is it a is it a style that I can play well in? And I, you know, we have tons and tons of clips and, mm-hmm. and highlights of guys who have been great here. So I thought I thought that was a positive. And then he's also a good student who went to a good school. I thought that was really a positive for us. Uh, and then I think I I think within a couple of hours on campus, I think his parents were pretty. I felt like his parents were pretty pretty well well sold. And then uh, Jacob of course, played a little cooler than that. Uh, but we felt, we felt like um, that what we were offering was something that he would ultimately be really interested in.
3: How important or how comforting was it to you to see the history of Kevin Anderson, or of Cedric Lindsay of Kendall Anthony through this process?
5: Um, it was big time. That was one of the, the clips they showed me when I came and visited Richmond was um, videos of Chandra, videos Shand of Dre. K-Zero and KA. And um, it was definitely um, – Encouraging, I could say, um, just to see a small guard have so much success, and not just one—like it wasn't just a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It was multiple small guards having success.
3: What was it like when you stepped foot on campus? I think we we heard from Coach Mooney with just about every parent that steps foot on campus, they fall in love with it. How about for you? What was the first impression?
5: It was it was nice. It was definitely everything they were they said it was. Um, when I stepped on campus, I definitely felt the love from the coaches and the, the people around. Um, just the community was great and the players. Uh, what do you think Atlantic 10 play will be like? How
3: much had you kind of eyeballed what this conference was all about? I know you talked about how much and how little you knew about Richmond mm-hmm. going into the process. How about the Atlantic 10?
5: Um, that was something I did my research on. It's uh, definitely one of the better conferences in the world, um, especially from a guard standpoint. I think hmm. there's great guards throughout the conference, top to bottom you
3: use that as part of the, the recruiting recruiting pitch Chris uh, the conference affiliation and the number of NCA bids and to Jacob's point the number of outstanding guards in his case
2: we do uh, I you know probably in recruiting you're using a little bit of everything yeah. uh, you know on the on the background the more important thing is the five calls a day and <laughs> and 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 making him feel um, you know our vision and, and making him see what we you know uh, can provide but i I do think that the a10 is a great you know how many games are televised how many teams have been good the name recognition of so many of the schools in our conference and uh, I think all of those things really go into it I mean the recruiting is really hectic for someone who's being recruited Mm -hmm. and so how much of that stuff's going to stick you don't know but if it is that the conference affiliation piques somebody's interest then then that's something we'll probably be we'll talk about more but more important I think is the relationship and the vision that that the coaches have for the player and to me the most important thing is when you get there and you spend time with the players you know uh and we've always said that's our that's our biggest recruiting asset is that we have good guys on our team who love to play basketball and um and so we want our guy go- we want their recruits to come and spend time with the with the guys and you know feel the connection and and to be able to picture themselves playing at richmond going to school here and
3: being friends with the guys on the team did you like the process or did it become kind of a a pain in the neck when, when the phone rang and it was Marcus <laughs> Jenkins five times a day.
5: Um, I enjoyed it. Um talking to Coach Jenks and Coach Mooney it was it was every conversation meant something. Mm-hmm. Um I think whether we were talking about just what had happened today or what was happening with my family or whether it was basketball talk, um I definitely felt like I could relate to them and like they were there for me.
3: All right, let's wrap it up with you. How do you put yesterday behind you now and move on to the future, be that final exams or be that Bucknell a week from tomorrow
5: um I think we just got to move on um as much as I would love to sit here and say <laughs> remember that shot like um we have another game coming up we got Bucknell coming up soon and um finals are gonna be difficult but hopefully I ace him my get we do help you ace him my <laughs> guess is the guy to your right will make sure you kind of put
3: yesterday on the back burner for a little while Definitely. and move forward all right go get something to eat Jacob thanks for being with us first of many visits here we really appreciate it congratulations on the game-winning shot and the victory yesterday thank you Jacob Gilliard spider freshman point guard our guest tonight on the spider sports line let's take a break uh some emails and tweet questions coming up when we come back to Joe's in Bonair on ESPN 950 1027 FM you're in tune with the spider IMG
4: Sports Network we are powered by Ace Electric for 25 years, CarMax has been a pioneer in the used car industry. 25 years. You know, if CarMax was a human, that would make them a tech-savvy millennial. Well, we've really embraced the whole millennial mindset, because with CarMax.com, you have the freedom to start your vehicle search, hold, or transfer from pretty much where-evs. Is it quick? For show. Easy? Most deaf. Convenient? Totes? Magotes. Yep, I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. CarMax. Drive what's possible.
1: CapCenter presents Teamwork Tips with Spiders men's basketball coach Chris Mooney. You
2: can't play the same way against every team. You need to adapt to your opponent's style. Do they play zone, full-court press, or just shoot threes? A customized game plan gives your team a better chance at victory when the final buzzer sounds.
1: At CapCenter, teamwork is everything. We work with you to develop a customized game plan for buying, selling, or refinancing your home. Learn about our zero-closing cost options at capcenter.com Spiders.
3: Prepaids and escrow is not covered. NMLS ID 67717 mlsconsumeraccess.org Equal Lender
0: Why do we love pizza so much? Is it the hot and gooey mozzarella cheese? The fresh baked dough? The fact that we get to choose our toppings and crust? We know you love pizza and your friends at Papa John's want you to get your pizza without ever paying full cost again.
4: As an ESPN 950 listener, you can save 30% off any menu item when you order online at papajohns.com and enter the promo code ESPN950. That's pizzas, breadsticks, wings, and desserts online at papajohns.com. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's.
3: Joe's Inn Bonair is proud to support University of Richmond basketball. Join us every Monday evening at 530 for the live broadcast of the Spider Sports Line, the Richmond men's basketball radio show featuring head coach Chris Mooney and player guests. Come early and visit Air Provisions, supplying meat, seafood, game, growlers, and wine. Joe's Inn Bonair and Air Provisions are both located in the Air Shopping Center at the corner of Buford Road and Forest Hill Avenue. Visit us on the web at joesinbonair.com or bonairprovisions.com.
4: At the University of Richmond, you get a leading liberal arts university in a dynamic capital city where you can be an accountant and an artist, research alongside faculty, and have an internship in your field. Be part of Division I athletics and highly ranked academics. The University of Richmond. We are you are. ESPN 950
3: is
0: your courtside seat for Richmond Spiders basketball. And lays it in,
3: road traffic. Brought
0: to you in part by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. This is the Spiders Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney. Live from Joe's Inn Bon 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM.
3: All right, welcome back. Uh, Bob Black with head coach Chris Mooney. Again, thanks to Jacob Gilliard for being our special player guest tonight. Again, a reminder, we are here next week, uh, next Monday the 18th, 530 to 630. Then we'll take a couple of weeks off for the holidays, and then we'll be back in January. All right, Coach, got uh, some email questions, and I got a tweet question. I know you're on Twitter all the time. Um Hang on a second. Let me figure out where you are here. I'm all messed up. There you go. You there? Yes. And you're on Twitter all the time, right? Not exactly. Not exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you've got the rest of us for. Uh, and this is actually a rules question from yesterday, and I'm even going to follow it up with another one, and it's a good one. Uh, can you give some insight on the explanation the officials gave of the no-call flagrant when it looked like Demonte Buckingham had gotten elbowed in the face towards the end of the game? Uh, the guy who tweeted said, I thought it was an automatic flagrant. Clearing space above the shoulders on the motion uh, with the JMU player involved. What did you get?
2: Great question. It so is. Th- there's a um, a new interpretation or a new rule this year that has to do with uh, <clears throat> each player has a kind of an imaginary cylinder around them, and so if uh, if a player has the ball and the, the defender sticks his head in, and when he's making a basketball movement, if he hits that player's head or shoulder or hand. The fouls on the defender. So, so that cylinder. You know, again, if this is in a vacuum, if that's if you're within that cylinder, and I and you're the defender, and I hit you, the foul's on you. The where it becomes a little bit uh, tricky is if that's making a normal basketball mm-hmm. play. If I lunge forward, you know, or uh, take a an extra long pivot, then that's really. That I'm kind of compromising my cylinder. This was this was huh. this was uh, our coach's argument, so that it doesn't, so that the cylinder can't extend to protect you from throwing your elbow. Hmm. Uh, but that that is what the interpretation is. So I think that um, you know sometimes when a when a player, a defensive player, closely guards an offensive player, almost chest to chest. They're taking away that offensive player's ability to pivot, to move, and to move like a basketball player, so they wanted to address that. The problem is if, if I'm kind of really not in your cylinder, but you extend your cylinder toward me, that's where I think it becomes a little bit difficult. So the official thought that, that uh, DeMonte was in the player's cylinder, and that caused the contact. Now. It could actually be both. It could be a flagrant foul on the offensive player and a common foul on the right. defensive that's player. That's
3: what we were saying on the air yesterday. They would already called the block, for better right. or worse, right. on Buck, but they also could have called the flagrant, couldn't they? They could have called the
2: flagrant, and they deemed that it was not hmm. um, enough of a foul to be a flagrant foul. Interesting.
3: So, All right, so that was, a, that's kind of a rule change, or at that least is a rule interpretation change. change. Yeah,
2: yeah, so uh, – yeah so they they love this cylinder talk you know i mean it's it's a it, it, it's a it's a difficult one because you know when when you are guarded closely and you can't even move you know i mean what 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 I think sometimes you miss on t v if you're not close is how physical it is it's not just that the player is standing right next to them. i mean they're they're putting pressure on them mm-hmm. with their arms or hands or hips or you know they're putting pressure on them so that is difficult, so I can understand where there's some confusion on it or but it makes it a little bit more there's more to it than just because there was contact on the elbow it's an offensive foul all
3: right and here's a follow-up rules question i don't want to get in trouble here because i hope we didn't get away with something but when we get pressed we always like to throw the ball across out of bounds which you did yesterday (laughs) to nick and then nick actually dribbled instead of just running across the baseline is he allowed to do that so we, we we were talking about
2: that afterwards I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> we didn't either. Yeah, I have no. I, I, I've never. I, I've seen. I've seen a player who the referee handed the ball to mishandle it and drop it, and it doesn't. It's not called a violation. Okay. So it's the one time in the court you can actually run with the ball right. without dribbling. Right. And Nick did dribble. Now I don't know. I don't know what that violation would be. Right. Uh, but I've, I've never seen it before. <laughs> I mean, it was it was highly unusual. <laughs> it was highly unusual. Highly unusual. Um, so I. <laughs> I don't know the answer to it. They didn't call it, but I assume
3: you're instructing your guys just run with the ball in that situation. Don't need to dribble Don't need to dribble there. (laughs) All right, uh, here is a couple of email questions. You kind of touched upon this from yesterday's game a little bit when we talked about JMU and trying to guard Mosley, who, by the way, was just unconscious yesterday i mean greg beckwith were sitting there doing the game he doesn't usually look over at me after plays he keeps his eye on the court yeah. but mosley made a couple yesterday when the ball went in he just greg just looked at me like are you kidding me i mean i'm sure you guys were too
2: it was it was phenomenal again yeah. I, I marcus thornton had had the best game i've ever seen with right. the robinson a few years yep. ago yep. yeah and uh but that second half was was awfully close to that i mean some of those shots were uh, dribbling backwards yep to, to uh, 25 foot three really incredible
3: so you talked about this earlier but if you're joining us late and because folks took the opportunity and the effort to email it, let, let's go through it again the last few minutes of the game you seem to be playing a straight up man defense without switching off especially with kwan on number three was that a true man coverage or was it more a box and one
2: so that was man to man uh I, I would say that everybody was aware of three um <laughs> and and you know, extra wear three, especially when he had the ball. So I would, we, you know, you'd like it to look like a box boxing one, but it was uh, man-to-man defense, and we had Quan trying to deny him the ball um, as, as, as far as he could over the course of the offense. And so, actually, the, the beginning, of the the very first part of maybe their last four or five sets, Quan did deny him the ball, mm-hmm. and they had to go to their, you know, the secondary option, which was much much slower and, and worse so that even though he he might have eventually wound up with the ball not getting the ball right off the bat was something that was that really helped us a great deal I thought Kwan did an incredible job yeah, he
3: was he was absolutely terrific and sometimes we forget how good a defender he is because we talk about his athleticism on offense and dunks and, yeah exactly and exactly sort of but and he's a shutdown kind of guy he especially is. on the perimeter yeah and
2: I think I mean he, you know he's a guy who guarded um, Jack Gibbs you mm-hmm. know a, a number of times in his career and um, he has guarded you know taller players um he, he's really a, a, a great defender and and i i feel like you know there's so much more responsibility on everybody i i feel like um for quan you, you know that that is that is extremely obvious there's just so much more on him and we're just trying to take as much away from him uh huh. to help him so he can so he can do those things you know just play
3: and focus on his defense uh which is a tremendous help to us a little bit of a follow-up question not so much on that topic uh, just how you're trying to handle the bench right yeah. now and particularly the bigger guys forwards and centers coming off of the bench and how much time yeah. you're giving them on the court and how you're trying to get them experience in the game
2: yeah so not enough i haven't i haven't given them enough time and and uh you know this it's all, it's always tricky uh, i i felt like um you know watching the tape today being critical i felt like we should have been we could have been ahead by more especially with mosley out of the game for most of the first half and uh you know so i i was disappointed in that and that's when you when you have a little bit of breathing room and you know we we, we haven't we haven't subbed enough and i haven't given those guys enough of a chance and i, I think that um you know we're, we're all working together on it um and, and you know it's It's much easier to play if you can make a mistake and and not worry about it move on to the next play. It's harder when you're coming out, if you feel you're coming out after a mistake. And I think probably there are too many guys that feel like that right now, and and I need to work on that and and give them more opportunities because we feel like they can help us.
3: You say, I need to work on that, and the decision is ultimately, obviously, the head coaches. But are you getting... You know, that kind of input from the assistant coaches. I know you do when you watch the tape. Yeah. But even in the heat of the battle?
2: Absolutely. I think that, you know, that, that is something that everybody is alert to. And, and uh, you know, even watching away from the ball, if I'm watching the ball, or, you know, who, who not, not just, I don't want to say looks good, but who, you know, is bringing energy to the game or is making a hustle play, something like that, even if it's not necessarily seen or, you know, boxing out or, or attending to the right assignment. So yeah, I think everybody is is discussing that and uh, and, and trying to help us. You know, you, you want to, you know, there's a really small picture of the next possession, and then there's the big picture of uh, the whole game and that player's confidence and, and how he can help us a, a, as we go down the road. So, uh, like I said, we, we we're we're all working on it, and, and uh, but those guys need more opportunities because we do feel like they can help.
3: All right, how, how important, how significant was that win yesterday to get over the hump? We talked about the close games, the six-point losses, just not quite getting there. To be able to get there for a game, especially coming now where you've got eight, nine days yeah. off before you play again.
2: Yeah, that was really important. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it, it, again, as much as you see uh, some improvement or you, you feel like, boy, practices are so much better or everybody's uh, contributing in a, in, a, in a better way, you still want the result and you, you want the – guys that be celebrating locker room and hanging out later or seeing their family and friends and feel really good about it so that that was really important and as you said to go into a, such a long break it gives us a gives us some uh something to feel good about something to hopefully build on and hopefully
3: continue to improve how much time will they get in the gym this week either on their yeah. own or as a team well
2: we'll probably get in uh we're going to try to get in i think three times this week if we can stretch to that point you know usually we've played this saturday right uh, we weren't able to find a home game uh, for this particular date because we can only play at home. Um, so, uh, you know. Because of the exams. Because right? of yep. finals, okay. yeah. We, we're not allowed to. Or the agreement with the school is that we'll play a home game only. We weren't able to get that. Um, so, hopefully, hopefully that will give us some time on Saturday and Sunday as well that if we are a little bit rusty, we should be able to have some good practices over the weekend.
3: Well, great to get a win. <laughs> Uh, yesterday over a state rival to do it in dramatic fashion. I think it puts a good taste in everybody's mouth. So congrats on that one, Chris. Have a good week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. Thanks very much, Bob. Thanks, guys. Again, thanks to everybody here. Great crowd tonight. Please take care of your servers. We know it's kind of a maze to get in and out of the, the tables and the chairs. So please take care of them. They've done a great job for us. We'll see you back here next Monday night, 530 to 630, with the next edition of the spider sports line mitchell bradley on location thank you for producing and engineering and for the nifty espn richmond banner behind us it looks great on the radio look great on twitter too and to matt josephs at the studio thank you for producing this evening we will talk to you next monday night back here at joe's in at 5:30 on espn 950, 1027 fm this is the spider img sports network powered by ace electric so long everyone
0: You've been listening to the Spider Sports Line with head basketball coach Chris Mooney, live from Joe's Inn Bonaire, 2616 Buford Road in the Buford Road Shopping Center. Tonight's show is brought to you by People's Golf Carts, Virginia Birth Father Registry, CarMax, Cap Center, Lux Chevrolet, and Joe's Inn Bonaire. For the latest Spider sports news and updates, visit richmondspiders.com on your computer, mobile device, and tablet. Plus, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening to Richmond
4: Athletics on the Spider IMG Sports Network.